question before I get to the hard ones. There really is no hard ones, but I just want to open up with an easy one. And um, my first question, and Danny, I'll start with you, is what? when was the first time you remember seeing a comedy movie? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a tough one. I think probably the first time I can remember seeing a comedy movie in the theater was my grandfather took me to see Ghostbusters 2 in the theater. I, it was after a little league ball game and we went in uh, and I just have a super fond memory not a great movie, but, uh, but a great memory. And uh, uh, I, I don't mean to hate on Ghostbusters too. I, it's, it's fun. And I, it has a fun spot in my heart, but yeah, that, that's probably the first time I can really like solidly recall that. Shout to you. Oh, uh, wow. I, I guess I'm trying to remember and like the only thing that comes to mind is is look who's talking like so like that's kind of like the first thing i kind of remember is like look who's talking so oh, i remember wait, watching that as a kid yeah exactly like i mean i think we all enjoyed that one as a kid right <laughs> philip to you uh you know i remember seeing airplane at a very young age and some of it was a little subversive and being like i don't know if i'm supposed to see this or not but you know but uh but laughing you know laughing hard and like oh this is funny you know that's that's classic all right so whoever wants to take this question i want to know how did the three of you guys meet well once upon a time i went to uh, mtsu for tv and film production uh, I met a gentleman there named Joel Wilson, who uh, went on to shoot a lot of my earlier video content. He had a roommate named Danny Downs. Yep. Fresh faced Danny had just moved to town, right, to, to pursue his own dreams of, of TV production superstardom. And, uh, and, and that was 15 years ago, right? Something like that, Danny? You think? Close to that, yeah. 2007 is when I moved into town. Yeah. Yeah. And so Danny and I kept in touch throughout the years. I would write stuff. I remember hitting you up after we hadn't seen each other. We'd go to Bonnaroo and stuff or see each other at Bonnaroo. And I remember hitting you up and like, you know, say, hey, man, I'm kind of writing. You're kind of writing. And, and we met for a burger. And I was like, what are you working on? And you pitched me something that was weird. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm there yet. And then another two or three years later, I was like, man, I'm working on this pilot script. And, uh, and I, and I know Danny's work, you know, he's writing too, you know, he's a writer too. Uh, and so I hit Danny up and that became Prince of Pools, uh, which is a, a pilot that, that we wrote and then shot. Um, and as I was looking to cast uh, one of the characters in that, Greg, um, a mutual friend of ours, Heidi Irvin here in Nashville, who's also a screenwriter. Um, she was like, man, there's this dude, but I don't know. He's got a lot of heat. I don't know if you'll be, if you'll be able to get him. He's really, really good at what he does. Uh, and that was Rashad, you know, and I sent him, I hit him up, sent him the script and, uh, and we linked up, man, and met over at the library. Remember that Rashad? I mean, that was about 2018 or something. Yeah. And did a, did right, a yeah. yeah, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we shot that pilot. It went on to, uh, to air at the Nashville Film Fest and uh, to screen there and, and a couple other, you know, small, small festivals and stuff and got, you know, had some decent traction. And, and my takeaway from that was like, 
it's going to be tough to get a TV show off the ground out of Nashville without any momentum. Just make, you know, there's that dream that we all have it. Like if I just make something really, really good and put it out there, the world will take it and you'll make it, you know, it's like, no, man, there's a lot of elements, a lot of, a lot of things that go into any project being successful. You know, it's a miracle when anything breaks through. Uh, and so kind of segue that, that was kind of the, the game plan here with dad's club is like, man, how do we go ahead and start making TV quality content, but maybe start building a, a vehicle to, to push us, you know, into that, that next tier, down to that next level. What kind of inspired the, the Nashville dad's club, which were, you know, you guys have transitioned here into, into the middle of season two. And for those of them watching at home, like what kind of inspired that word, the idea kind of come from and, and kind of stuff like that. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, Phil and I had, again, off the back of principles, we were like, hey, let's get up, let's figure out, let's kind of flesh out some ideas of some things we want to do. And we sat down and I think we kind of went through a, different, a couple different things. And then we just started talking about like being dads and just like how funny it would be to like, just what what's the play on like dad things. And I think the initial idea was like something totally different. Um, and then like something happened. I don't know if people were around in 2020, something happened in 2020 is the big thing, right? Kind of happened and uh, yeah, you know, so it kind of took that initial idea and was, we were kind of like, well, we're not going to be able to, to do that with the, with the whole houses thing. Like we're like, we're not going to be able to do that. So we were just like, we'll, we'll figure something out. And I think like that's when like, we kind of just had this idea of, of these dads doing something and then, you know, brought in the mastermind, Danny, you know what I'm saying? Him and Phil got together and just like, it just exploded from there. So, well, so and I would say too the oh. sorry, I was gonna say, uh, and as far as the in, inspiration for the episodes and, and for the individual stuff, man, that stuff just flows. Like, I every time we get together, I feel like Phil and I have an idea for a new episode, or me and Rashad have talked about ideas for episodes that just because they're all based on stuff that happens either to you as a kid when you're growing up or as a parent, it's, I, people come up to me constantly uh, on set and, and uh, that, that know I do the show. They're like, oh, here's an idea. You should do an episode about this. Like everybody's got great stories and, and great memories that that stuff just is, it's a wellspring. Yeah, it's, it really is. Cause I mean, as a parent myself, it's like you watch it and you're like, yep. I could, I could see that or yep, that happened. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different avenues of whether, like you said, it's like stuff that happened to you as a kid or stuff that, you know, having kids now, it kind of happens. It's, it's, it's funny to kind of watch back. Um, I think one of the things that I do love about the show as well, obviously being called Nashville's dad's club there, um, that you guys use a lot of everything Nashville, right? You know what I mean? What made you want to to take that route and obviously you could use other pieces from across wherever but was the foundation of using Nashville and keeping Nashville at that forefront important to you guys yeah Ricky we we put on for our city on on for our city yeah man. <laughs> like yeah dude that was a big deal it's like man we're we've been here you know Rashad and I both grew up in Nashville and Danny's been here now a long time and it's like man there we have something special right now there's a reason that hundreds of thousands of people are flocking to nashville um and it's not just country music you know for for forever that was it that was the only thing that we were really known for and so uh there's a ton of shows about parenthood and stuff but we we're like man what's what's our view on this you know what's our perspective that we can put out for the world 
to rep Nashville. So yeah, it is. Uh, I'm glad that you caught that, Ricky, because it is very important to us that it's an authentic Nashville thing, which, you know, unbeknownst to probably a lot of people in the country is not just a country slant, right? It's not a country and Western thing. It's a, there's this whole other world here of, of people, uh, man. And, and so that, that's who we're trying to, trying to rep for, man. Yeah, it's a it's a huge misconception, right? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, country music. I'm like, it's not that it's not here, right? It's still right. here, but there's so much more here, right? Yes. Well, I've worked on the show Nashville, um, and you know that that certainly lent itself to the to that kind of idea that it's all country music. And then just about every movie that shoots here has that that lean to it where it's all it you somebody's a singer songwriter or you know there's somebody's trying to make it big in country music and that's always seems to be one of the plot lines and in, in everything that works here so yeah we me as a filmmaker i i was very in, interested in telling stories uh, about nashville that don't necessarily have that slant all right, so I'm not going to lie to you guys. I am very excited. Now, whenever somebody listens to this, it might be in the future. So go back and watch this episode. Um, season two, episode four kicks off tomorrow. Um, I couldn't legally do that. You're, the, 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 long, the synopsis here, while watching Rashad's uh, son play Little League Baseball, the dads get the idea um, that the coach wants to get to kick Junior off the team. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of my stepson plays baseball. So you know, I, I, I saw the trailer and I'm like, I'm already invested in watching this just so I can maybe, you know, pinpoint some ideas here. But um, take me behind the writing process of maybe this episode. And then, of course, you know, getting Renard to be in the episode as well. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, as, as far as the writing uh, side of it goes, I kind of spearheaded this episode. That's kind of how we would break it down is we, we would talk about episode ideas and then kind of assign them based on who had a, a particular angle that they wanted to work, uh, a joke that they thought would work for each idea. So, and then we, we recombine and, and, and polish together. But um, that one was kind of mine. And it was certainly based off of my experience of being absolutely abysmal at sports. Um, I, I was in the right field. Um, and then at some point, when we went from pitching machine to actual pitching, they decided I'd be much better as a first base coach. Uh, so I kind of just, if, if, you, if you've ever played baseball, first base coach is pretty much, unless it's in a glove, go ahead. You're going to second, don't worry about it. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty, <laughs> I thought it was important, but now looking at as, as an adult, it's like, oh wait, I was terrible and they just wanted to get me off the field. Uh, but yeah, that's that's where a lot of those jokes jokes came from for me was um, uh, just being bad at baseball. And then uh, Rashad actually knows Renard, so that's kind of how we got hooked up with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. We've been friends for twenty something years, and so he's a comedian. He travels all over uh, the country, and um you know we had talked about getting somebody and you know he came up and it was like hey this would be perfect perfect fit for this particular role and he came in and he killed it and it's it's hilarious so yeah yeah and and, and definitely like i can you know it's one of those things i can relate to as well not not be uh, i was actually pretty good at sports so uh but i understand um i understand what you mean danny because there were there were several players uh whose parents and coaches did not get along because their child did not get enough time 
on the field. So I get it. Yeah. And Ricky, you know, you had mentioned hopefully watching the episodes and having that moment of like, oh, yeah, I get that. I've seen that. And what we're looking for are some universal experiences that maybe haven't been explored, you know, that haven't been beaten to death, right? There's tons of stories that we've seen over and over on TV, but this angle of like, man, the kid's not good. And you know, the coaches have thought these things and like, let's just say it, like, can I just pay you to not show up? Can I, you know, like, what's it going to take? The, uh, the same with our, with our episode of Bloodsport. Uh, that had my buddy Jaron uh, from the Cadillac three in it, you know, to me, the emotional core of that one is like that there's somebody in your life from 20 years ago that's still eating up, you know, space in your head that he has no idea, you know, and in my mind, it's like, why are you still trying to ruin my life, man? And this dude doesn't even know you exist, you know, so like these real feelings that we're able to kind of drill down and, and, and hit on in a three or four or five minute uh, episode. Which uh, another thing that does crack me up about the I couldn't legally do that one too was originally when we were scripting that out, um, it was going to be Phil's son that was terrible at baseball. But Phil's son is played by his actual son. And when we talked about it, he was like, I don't want him to feel like he's bad at baseball. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we actually used uh, LaDon, who is, who is one of our actors, uh, because we were like, well, LaDon's an actor, so he's not going to take it personally. And right. he did fantastic. Ladon is so great. Uh, that's that kid is worth keeping an eye on. He's gonna he's gonna yeah. crush it as he gets older. So I, I obviously doing my research here. The the episode was shot at Shelby Park. Obviously, where Philip you played little league baseball. Um, what what kind of choreographing do you guys do with the where your shot locations are? Do you kind of just shoot wherever you can shoot, or how does that kind of line out for you guys? No, man. I mean, we take our productions very seriously and run them as, as professionally. Uh, you know, I mean, again, dude, our goal as a, as a production team is to do more professional work in Nashville, right? And so uh, we do tech scouts, we make contact, we get permits uh, or negotiate contracts for, for space. You know, last year we shot uh, an episode Titanic tailgate right there in the parking lot next to Nissan Stadium and had to jump through a lot of hoops to get access to that parking lot. They got the Titans involved to make sure it was okay that, that their stuff was in the background. So um, no, man, we, we take it really seriously and it's very uh, deliberative and thoughtful. Um, now I will say, because we also strive to be efficient in our productions, you know, we will kind of group our locations if possible. Cool. We got three things shooting in East Nashville. Let's add a, and add a fourth, you know, if we've got an, an, a handful of, of uh, scripts that we're kind of plotting out, you know, we'll group them together based on location so that we're not running all over the city. Uh, we shoot two episodes a day when we're in production. Run a very short episode, right? Each episode is very short. And, and to me, I, I love that because I do know that as technology grows, the attention spans of individuals is smaller and smaller. Was that the idea behind that? running the short episodes? Yeah, I think definitely, like you said, hitting on that, that that point of attention span and also just, you know, I think with the short form, you get people, you get people hooked, right? They're like, they want to keep continuing to come back for more and more every time when it's just like, oh man, I wish it was longer. And when you say, when something, that happens all the time, people are like, man, I wish the episodes were longer. It's so good. I wish they were more. You have a fan now. Now you have somebody who's willing to share 
you know, the episodes and they'll share it on their page and they'll share it in their groups or they'll send a text message and a text thread with the episodes because they know like it's really high quality stuff. Um, and it's, and it's again, because it's so short, it doesn't feel like, man, it's, it's 10 minutes, but it's really good. Like if you say to someone, they're going to be like, eh, I don't want to watch a 10 minute anything. Right. But if you say, oh, it's only three minutes. They're going to be like, oh, wow. Like that's really cool. And it just hits you. And all the funny is just like immediate. Like it's not a lot of waiting to see like what's going to happen. It's just like, as soon as the episode starts within 30 seconds, like it's, it's on. So I think that's like some of the power of what these do. So. Yeah. And I think Phil and I were very aware of that um, when we were scripting all these out and um, we, we've definitely tried to take the tact of, I, we talk about it all the time. We're kind of stuck in the middle of this world where we're social media, but we're also a TV show. And so um, we definitely for, tried to format it for social media and for those shorter attention spans. Right, but maintain the quality and production value of a show that you would see on Netflix, Hulu, or any broadcast station. Yeah, that's one thing that I do get from that. It's like, it's not, uh, it's not a TikTok video. You know what I mean? It's not just filmed in somebody's you know, basement or whatever. And I think that's the production values there. And I do think that that short time frame really just captures your attention. You watch it and you're like, you said, you kind of move on and you're like, yeah, that was awesome. Like you don't, if I send that to somebody and say, watch this, it's like, sometimes they'll be like, listen to this podcast and you send them an episode of Joe Rogan. It's three hours. It's like, oh, what? Like Pat McAfee, you send them in a clip of this. It's like four hours long. It's like, I'm not going to listen to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to listen to that, but it's easier to digest. And, and that's really awesome. And then the, the follow-up question here is, is there an episode that maybe didn't make the cut that you had kind of hoped made the cut? Uh, yes. Um, well, I think we can talk about it. Uh, yeah. So How do you know? Yeah. You got to. <laughs> well, so this season's only seven episodes long. Um, we did shoot eight. Uh, we actually worked with Henry Haggard, who's a fantastic local actor. Um, I love Henry to death. And we shot an episode called From Russia with Doug, where Phil uh, is pressured into hiring a Russian babysitter uh, who, let's just say, isn't um, uh, <laughs> the most orthodox when it comes to childcare. So uh, it, the content of the, the episode itself is certainly nothing controversial. It's, it's the same stuff that we have throughout. It, you know, it's, it's a little off kilter, but it's, it's pretty safe. But of course, you know, with Russia doing what they're doing right now, um, we felt like, hey, maybe it's a little insensitive to put this episode out with, you know, people actually being harmed. So we, um, we, decided, we made that decision to pull it. And I think at some point, hopefully down the road, we'll be able to release that episode. But as for now, it's, it's probably gonna stay locked up a little bit. Yeah, it was gonna be, it was gonna lead off the season. That's how strong we thought the episode was. You know, that it was, it was, it's really a dynamite piece of work. And Henry is just a powerhouse actor. And, and of course brought the house down as he always does. Uh, so I do look forward to a day when we can put that out as a bonus, you know, as a bonus episode somewhere, hopefully in the not too, too distant future. But as Danny said, you know, just couldn't, would never want people to think that we were trying to capitalize or grab, you know, grab extra eyeballs based on this whole situation, you know, and they don't know that we shot in October. They just see, you know, read one headline of what's going on and then see this funny Russian thing. It's like, oh, now's not the time to make jokes about that, guys. 
All right, so I got a few rapid fire questions before we go. Just a few quick ones here. Um, and Danny, I'll go Danny, Rashad, Philip. you can answer in that order, kind of like how we've been going here. But all right, first question is, what's been your favorite episode of Nashville Dads Club? Uh, total episodes, I would say uh, Crocodile Dentist is probably my favorite. I got to do a, a, an homage shot to a Little Shop of Horrors in that, that I've always loved, the inside the mouth with the teeth looking out. Uh, so yeah, that's probably been my favorite. Um, I think like maybe Street Meat is uh, has been one of my favorites so far. So yeah. Uh, I will, I'll go with mutant conditioning, which is our most recent, you know, we, we landed a guy with, with a pretty big profile and he just crushed it. And it was a great experience for all of us. And it was, a, I think, a smart, funny uh, script that we put together. Best stand-up comedian of all time. Well, that's actually really tough. Uh, I can tell you, I don't know if he's the best of all time, but my favorite stand-up comedian is Patton Oswalt. Uh, I would have to say Richard Pryor. I love Jerry Seinfeld. I think he's incredibly insightful. I know some people think he's a jerk. I know he knows he's a jerk sometimes, but I think just his comedians, you know, in getting in cars, getting coffee has shown me so much about the, you know, backstage of the, the comedian's lifestyle and their process. Comedians, cars with coffee. That's an incredible show. I loved watching right? it. Like it's so me too, good. Man. So good. Um, all right, last question. Uh, best place to eat in Nashville? Man, that's almost as bad as the comedy question. Um, I'm going to go with an old school one, uh, Arnold's, man. Arnold's is always solid. I, I can't. I don't, I don't, I, li <laughs> I literally can't. Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I couldn't even give you one. Like, it's, it's unfair. <laughs> it's too unfair. I, I could, I can't pick. I really can't like I'm my brain is like pick something and I have literally nothing. I don't have anything. There is too many. I, I'll give you you can come back to you if you want, you know. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm same boat where it's like, man, I love to eat and I'm not afraid mm -hmm. of anything. So I like eating right. as much of crazy different stuff. Right. Uh, we had a uh, our anniversary dinner at Yolan, which is like an upscale Italian joint downstairs. We did the tasting menu uh, downtown, rather, and it was pretty. It was pretty uh, phenomenal. I think that's a Michelin starred chef over there. So I don't know. I don't know what they they do with those <laughs> tires, but it was delicious. <laughs> well, uh, you know what's funny too is I could we could probably talk about restaurants the same amount of time as we could talk about films. That's how much I. I love Phil and I like we literally sometimes meet to to work but really it's to get lunch we just we need an excuse to go get lunch together and so we uh we definitely love to hit all the all the spots up well there's definitely nothing better than a lunch date you know what I mean like a, a meeting you know what I mean you, you can't go to the same place for every meeting you know what I mean you right. can't you gotta switch it up <laughs>